0: All right guys, welcome back to today's show and on the show with me today, I got to sit down on a zoom call with Joel Johnson. It was a ton of fun to chat with him and just hear a little bit more about what he does with bass fishing um, from his kayak, making his own soft plastics, all sorts of stuff and so he gave me a lot of good advice, a lot of input on what rods and reels to use. He did he is going to ruffle some feathers I'm going to warn you guys as Most outdoorsmen do. He has strong opinions about what to use, what not to use, what works and what doesn't. But you find that anywhere from uh, waterfowl hunting to western big game, whitetail fishing, you name it. It could be the clothes that you wear or what caliber rifle you shoot. So he's totally aware that his opinions uh, may rub people the wrong way. And he's okay with that. I'm okay with that. I hope you guys don't lose too much sleep over it. So we're going to dive right in. So please help me welcome Joel Johnson.
1: Like he was doing things that were just badass.
0: That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dean had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. well hey guys welcome to today's show and i am on with joel johnson and joel is an avid fisherman um hunter he bow hunts and rifle hunts and uh, we actually connected just off of post i did on tiktok or i guess my wife did it for me and then all of a sudden i started getting blown up with emails about people yeah. beyond but um from what i understand joel uh is a successful fisherman he makes his own uh jigs and his own soft plastics and so Joel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey guys, I'm Joel. Um, I'm here in Kansas, Central
1: Kansas. Um, I make my own fishing baits, you know, jigs, soft plastics, all that good stuff. I mostly bass fish, I'm a Shimano boy. Um, you know, I do deer hunt, you know, I've got a you know, my Bowtech Allegiance, um, and I have a 308 that I like to blast deer with as well. So
0: good deal. Well, uh, we talked a little bit about before. The recording we talked a little bit about your hunting and fishing and all that stuff but um, I'm going to pick your brain quite a bit about fishing because I've I grew up in the north as a walleye fisherman uh, northern and musky uh, did all that stuff and then moving down here everybody was into bass fishing and I was like okay like do they taste yeah, good? And they're like,
1: no. <laughs> no, no, we don't eat them. We catch them and let them go. Take them like a, I've never, I've never caught a musky
0: or a walleye in my life. There, there's no musky here, but there's walleye around running around here. So. I will tell you they're good eating and they're a lot of fun to catch, but uh, mm-hmm. I can definitely understand the allure of catching a big, big bass and just holding it by the lip. I mean, weighing it. I've, yeah. yeah. I think the biggest one I've caught to date is about seven pounds and so you're already
1: beating you're beating me then because i ain't caught i've caught a six and that's the biggest one i've caught
0: okay these are farm ponds that are you know it's it's not like just free range bass fishing my yeah. my record on those is probably under three pounds well again like i i, I yeah I, I fish private stuff for the most part too like i
1: mean i like i like going around to uh, like little hoa residences and stuff like that that i'm not supposed to be at and seeing what kind of hogs they got in there because i'm telling you man if you can get in them. There's some big ones in there, dude. Like I oh, mean, yeah. there's a spot just west in Wichita here, or east in Wichita. And I'm telling you, every single fish in that thing is over four and a half pounds.
0: Oh my goodness! It's like,
1: and the guy that fishes it, he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't really know. He just throws this like, I don't know, like a swim bait on. Like it's 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 weird rig. I've never seen it. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I've caught a few, but he's like, every time you come here, he's like, they don't bite for two weeks. <laughs> because i I'm, I'm telling you i can slay I, I know exactly what they want i figured them out and i slay them out there and then he gets mad because he can't catch them for two weeks
0: well man i'm gonna have to have you come down to my neck of the woods and teach me how to bass fish because there are some big ones and i feel like i'm that guy like if this pond yeah. out fish i can't catch anything all of a sudden or if i do it's like a pounder or what maybe a of, pound and a half what
1: part half. of missouri are you in
0: i'm in southwest missouri near springfield
1: oh. Dude, you're not. My parents live at, my, again, like I said, my parents live in Fort Scott. Yeah. So, like right there on the Missouri border. So, and we have a private uh, General Electric Lake that we okay. have permission to go to. So I say we meet up there and then we smack on them. I like so, this. This I've is getting... A, I've got a big old, you guys can't see it right here. Pardon the messy garage if you guys are seeing this. But I have like a 133 X right here, like the Ascend 133X with a trolling motor XI3 on it. Freaking. it's pretty sweet. It's a kayak. It's, yeah, you know. that's it's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna be taking it out there this year and hopefully gonna be smacking on them. My dad caught like a five and a half uh two years ago when we were out there. Uh I was getting married that same day and my dad freaking smoked one.
0: <laughs> that oh man. System. That's so, it's so much fun getting out. And the nice thing about bass fishing is you can do it in any state in the country. I went out to South Carolina last year with my buddy Weston and we hopped on kayaks and we just went to those like HOA lakes, like you're talking about. And there were just fish everywhere. Oh yeah. That, that was a whole different ball game. Cause there were gators swimming around like <laughs> we're cruising around and all of a sudden a gator head pops up like 50 yards. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin, <laughs> man. We don't have things <laughs> like this there. My dad, like
1: my, okay. So when I was a kid, my, my mom and dad used to take like a yearly trip, right. To like, for a week, we'd go down to Louisiana in the bayou, and, you know, I'd fish. My dad would just kind of mess around, you know. My, he's not a big fisherman by any means. So he got so mad at me one year because it was just me and a spook and a bait caster. you know, when freaking there's an alligator bait. Like, I'm talking like 10-footer, and I'm just over there casting the spook towards it, trying to get him to nail it. My dad's like, boy, I'm going
0: to shove you off the boat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine hooking into a fish like that on a kayak oh and then a gator coming for it? i've seen i have i'm in a facebook
1: group and like it's the 133x you know same thing i have and the guy caught like an 80 pound spoonbill if you know what a spoonbill is oh yeah and he's like he's like you guys told me not to i did it and i about died because he said that he couldn't even get it into the boat because he's about to roll it he had to go to shore to even try to land it
0: oh man it'd
1: be insane just driving you around like what it wants to
0: (laughs) yeah i feel like at that point you just you just set the bail real tight and then just let it pull you around until it tires out and that's pull it in that's <laughs> all you can do man <laughs> an 80 pound spoon bill in a kayak that's crazy
1: that's insane and like you see the guys i don't know if you've seen it or not but i watch a lot of youtube videos with uh like guys out there in the middle of the ocean like hooking like mahi mahi and stuff like that you know like in, like grouper and stuff and they're in a kayak and you're like what and the- you guys have a death wish like
0: those <laughs> yeah. things are 500 pounds like <laughs> Yeah, what do I mean, I feel like at that point, you just have to let it, like I said, tire itself out and then let it go. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. not dragging that thing back to shore, that's for sure. Unless you have a boat behind you to help you, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're calling it. I have no interest in doing that. I have Mm -hmm. no interest. (laughs) No, ocean fishing, we'll we'll be down in, we're heading to South Carolina on Monday, and then we're heading down to Florida after that. And I really want to get after um, some ocean fishing out there. I know I I don't have a boat or have access to one down there, but last time we went a couple months ago, uh, I took my kids out to the beach and we're hanging out and I look over and there's this dude with a bunch of rods stuck in PVC poles in the sand. And he grabs one of them and he's reeling it in. And I could tell it was a big fish, whatever it was. And I walk over there as he's finally getting it on shore and it's a three foot shark. Oh, wow. we're about to go swimming right here and you're pulling sharks in. Yeah. <laughs> like, you only casted fifty feet out. And he's like, Oh yeah, man. Yesterday I caught an eight foot bull shark right here at this spot. And uh so I went out. And, I'm going I'm going home. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, I, I went and I was watching him and you know, I got a picture next to him. I I brought the kids over and they wanted to get a picture with him as well. And so we all stood there for a picture and he lets it go in the water and then about Two minutes later, it's washed up on shore. This shark is, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna go grab this thing by the tail and like walk it out and let it go." And sure enough, I got over there and it couldn't get back in the water. It was on the beach at this point, so I grabbed it by the tail. My wife's like videoing the whole thing, like you just caught a shark by hand. (laughs) But I grab it by the tail and I walk it out and I just kind of do the little wiggle until it swims away. And before it got out of the surf. I look over and he's reeling in a four foot shark and I'm like, (laughs) this is unreal. So that's going to be my goal is to catch a shark while I'm there this year.
1: That'd be sweet. Yeah. That's my favorite thing too, is like, right. You catch a big bass, you know, and it's so aggressive. You let it go and then it like goes crazy and then it ends back up right on the shore, but he thinks he's safe because he's in the grass and you can just freaking snatch him right back out by the (laughs) tail. (laughs) he's like, what the hell's going on?
0: Well, we did that. We did that in Alaska a couple of years ago. We were salmon fishing. And, um, I had caught one, well, you have to catch them in the mouth. Otherwise you can't keep them. And there's so many of them in the rivers. I mean, there'll be 10,000 of them in this little Creek in front of you and you do a technique called flossing. And when they're running up the river, you try to get your bait to go down to mouth level. And then you just pull and it basically snags them on the lip. Well, I had caught one like on the dorsal fin. And so I had to let it go. And I did. And then I was standing out in the water in my waders. And this fish was at my feet and it would just stay there. And I mean, it was a big salmon and I was like, man, I don't, I really want to reach down and catch it, but I know Alaska has got a ton of regulations about fishing. And so I never did, but I'm like dropping my line right in front of its mouth. baby,
1: come on, (laughs) man.
0: Cause this one was fresh off the ocean. I mean, we were only a half mile in from the ocean and you can tell one day, like the change that they go through. Um, from freshwater to salt or saltwater to freshwater it's crazy and they're like when they look like that you want to be able to catch them and keep them because they taste 10 times better than ones that have even been in freshwater for a couple days
1: see i'm from kansas man i don't know a lick about it like it seems like you have all these cool experiences and i hope i get there someday like it'd be be so cool to go catch shark or catch a king salmon stuff like that i have a fly rod sitting right behind the the computer here so i was like i have never caught anything on it i went i went trout fishing this year didn't i was like i went once and i didn't ever catch nothing so i was like you know,
0: man like you got to take that out bass fishing and give it I a should.
1: T- it's a wow. it's a fi- it's a five weight so it'd be a hell of a time
0: <laughs> yeah my my buddy drew uh he comes out fishing with me all the time and he brings his fly rod and we'll go out to these farm ponds and he'll do a little fly on top of the water and those bass eat it up and it it looks like a ton of fun i've never caught one on a fly rod but when I watch him trying to reel those things in it's it seems like a great time
1: I might have to do that this weekend that sounds like something fun
0: do it man send me some pictures and video if you catch oh yeah I
1: was like I'll have it on video for sure it's just trying to get them to bite because the place I go is like I don't know it's just top water sucks out there man but you know if it's like a little bit slow sinking fly I might do a little better
0: Oh yeah. I bet that, I bet that'd kill him out there. Um, hey, tell me a little bit about your plastics. Cause I want to hear more about that. I've never made my own lures or jigs or anything.
1: Okay. Um, so I use a, okay. So first off you have to start with a thing called plastisol. Plastisol is like the compound that you can heat up and it makes into hard plastic here. I'll just grab something real quick. Cause I have it right here. Here's a Here's a big thing of plastisol right here, right? So that's black and blue, like everybody's favorite. I'm sure yeah. everybody can see that. So, anyways, it starts as a liquid compound. You heat it up, and then it goes to that. Um, you know, so you get it to where it's like clear, but it's not. You want it to be like freaking water running off your utensil you use to stir it. So, okay. um, yeah, I was gonna say because if it's gelatin, it's too cold. It'll never, it'll never harden. So it's kind of a pain in the ass when you don't. I have a a thermometer. You want it between 300 and 375 before you shoot it. Okay. So um, you get it to that point, you uh, add your colorant, add your flake, whatever the hell you want to do. And then, you know, obviously you're going to need either an open pour mold, which is, that's what, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of world's worst fishing, but that's what he does. He open pours a lot and he's a freaking like Picasso, dude. He pours some beautiful, beautiful stuff, dude. I'm telling you. And, uh, but he does open pour and injection. I just do injection. So uh, that's uh, where you, I think I have it over here if you want me to grab it. But you say it's like a big tube, you know, you just suck up this plastic and then you have your molds, which I have all, what, like eight molds over here, Hold up here. Let me grab it for you. Okay. Oh, and I have my injector too, so that's cool. So I'll grab this guy and I'll grab this guy. So here's your injector, right? So it looks like this, you know, you have your handle here, slide it yep. in and out, hold the injector, uh, the liquid out and then you shoot it into this little hole right there if it'll focus there you go okay and then that fills up you want to clamp it though because if you don't clamp it it will like bubble out it'll freaking spread everywhere you don't want that this is the cnc uh toad mold by do it oh nice so that's a topwater toad there you can you know just rig up weightless and or weighted whatever you want to do i don't you can, there's no wrong thing to do in bass fishing you know everybody's going to hate on me for that but <laughs> absolutely anything like uh, a couple guys have caught them off cell phones. Like they'll freaking duct tape, you know, cell phones to the line and then freaking treble hooks and
0: I, I actually watched a video of a guy do that with an old iPhone. I'm
1: sure sh- I'm sure that was uh kicking their bass TV. I yeah. think he did it with the GoPro and an iPhone and Legos and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so there's no there's no wrong way. Everybody can be like, oh yeah, you know that's trash. This little trash no. Probably just they're throwing it in the right place because they'll eat damn near anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah so- I've, no- I've noticed that when I'm fishing. It's like I think something's not working well. Or, you know, my buddy's like, I've never caught a bass off of that. And all of a sudden I throw it out and I'll have one hit it out of nowhere. And he's like, mm-hmm. are you serious, man? That's never worked. For- I got rid of all those lures. And I was like, dude, I don't know. I'm not a bass fish- fisherman. All I do is I go, you know, if I was a bass, would I eat this? Maybe I'll give it a try. And it works quite a bit of the time. I, I listened to a tap,
1: like a podcast called tackle talk. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not. Mm-hmm. but uh he yeah i was like he uh he does a lot of tips and tricks and shit like that but he made a good point in the uh episode that i listened to yesterday about you know pre-spawn fish and uh about how they like you know if you're a sniper and your prey is out there would you rather be in the wide open or would you rather be in the shade underneath a tree at a thousand yards well i mean you know what i'm saying you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna kill it so that's what a bass or that's what fish think in general predatory fish think in general you know they're going to hide up in the shade, in the cover. And then they're going to wait for that little fish to come right out in front of them in the sunlight, not thinking about anything. And then you're going to snipe them. You know, you're going to freaking right on them. Oh yeah. So, so I mean, if you can pitch or flip or cast into something like heavy brush, heavy cover in the shade, something like that, you know, you're most more than likely going to get bit because they like being on the, they like being on cover. So,
0: yeah. Well, we had a, I worked at a camp out in Colorado and we taught people how to fish and shoot and, you know, shoot bows and all this different stuff. And we had a pro fisherman show up and he was just doing like a tutorial for a lot of the new guys on what's best to teach kids on how to, how to catch fish. And he was like, this cast right here catches more fish than, you know, cranking it a hundred yards overhead. And it was just the pendulum, you know, he'd bring the weight back. He'd let it swing and then he'd let it go. And he's like, you can get so accurate with it. Practice out in the uh, out in the yard, put a soda can out there and try and knock, knock the soda can down. And he's mm-hmm. like, because typically they're, like you just said, in cover, just waiting. And if you can put it right in front of them, they can't help but grab it.
1: But see, he's going from a boat. Per- like, see, I'm going to disagree a little bit because there's a difference between on the water and on the bank. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's good. That's cool and all like it works when you have a graph telling you where it's at, you know, all that stuff. But if you're on the bank, you can't see in the water, you you know, like there might be brush somewhere close to there. You can, you might be able to use that every once in a while, but for the most part, you just kind of have to fan cast and pray to God. That's pretty much how bank fishing goes. But like when I'm on the Ascend here, I have the 73 SV, you know, so I can see the side view. I can see down below me, like it has pan optics ability. I don't have the money to put into pan optics right now because that's a $2,000 transducer. Yeah. So I was like, you know, that's like the video game where you can see the fish in real life and all that. (sighs) So, but I would really like to get it, but again, you can see the stuff that you're really flipping towards and trying to get to, you know, and some of that stuff, like there's trees out in the middle of the water bank fishermen can't hit that, but you know, you in a boat, yeah, you can pendulum all you want. It don't matter. It's a good, it's good advice for boat fishing. I wouldn't exactly say it's the best advice for bank fishing.
0: For bank fishing. Yeah. I do like, I do like what you said though about them being in cover. I mean, I saw that firsthand two weeks ago, we were out walking the river and uh just fishing here and there and i'd cast out and i could see them coming out from underneath tree branches mm-hmm. and they'd come out and they'd get out to where the sun was really hitting and you could see all the way to the bottom and as soon as they got out there it's like they lost interest and went right back underneath that branch and so then i'd work it a little bit closer each time i mean i was trying to cast there the first time but like i said it I, where we were fishing was probably only 15 feet wide mm-hmm. and I I'm really good and really accurate at casting overhead and like, or like even side, side casting. But if, if I have to just do a soft little cast here and there, it, there's no telling where it's going to go. But uh, yeah, we had them coming out from under the cover left and right. And there wasn't a fish in open water. I mean, if you could see, they weren't there, but as soon as you got close to cover, they'd pop out.
1: So what's your go-to bait?
0: So you might hate me for this, but the wacky rig,
1: oh hey yeah dude it works it's it's a deadly efficient thing dude i swear
0: i can't believe how well it works and it's worked on just about every body of water i've fished mm-hmm. and i learned it's it so th-
1: innocent and harmless man there's not there's nothing like the fish are like look at that thing easy meal you like, oh it's, yeah <laughs> it's great yeah i agree with you
0: <laughs> well growing up man i just do a jig a jig with a worm behind it and you know i'm reeling it in it kind of looks like it's swimming through the water And when I got out to Colorado, some guys and I were fishing on a private pond and they're like, dude, you got to try this thing. It's a little O-ring. It slides over, hooks to your hook. You toss it out and they're like, and just let it sink. You feel like you want to cast it right away because you've always done like action lures or something. They're like, but let it drop all the way down and then just tap it
1: Mm -hmm. a couple Mm of times.
0: And I was like, come on, man. There's no way. Literally the first cast I ever used one, I probably caught like a three and a half pound bass on. And I was like, at that point, I was sold. I went and got the little pin that you slide the O rings Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So that's my go to now. I was going to say,
1: like, that, like, I love, like, I'm not a big finesse guy, but finesse get big fish, dude. I swear, because those big bass, sometimes they know what's up. So they they eat the smaller guys. And it just cracks me up. Like, if you ever heard of the Strike King Bitsy Bug? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, dude, I I hammered, absolutely hammered them. Like, I think I have a video where I caught, like, probably 10 three plus pounders all in the same video like the same day it was just insane like I was just, you know and again i was bank fishing just yeeting it out there and i was just smacking them dude it was awesome so i have the like the quarter ounce football head jig okay and that's what i started making too because like they're pretty much they're not exactly footballs but they're close enough it's like a vertical they have the vertical line tie instead of the uh you know horizontal okay so it's a little it's a little different but i can i can still make something that works pretty close so
0: yeah so how'd you get into like making your own jigs
1: <laughs> well again my my uh my inspiration was world's worst fishing i've seen him just making absolutely i'm telling you you need to look him up on instagram whatever and he's just gorgeous gorgeous baits man and i was, I was like dude i want to do that so i started off you know just i bought like two molds three molds and they're from amazon like the little cheap freaking ceramic ones mm-hmm. you know the mean nothing and then I bought an actual five, six inch Gary Yamamoto Senko worm from uh, my local tackle shop here and I was like okay let's do this and then my buddy's like hey I'm getting out of the hobby here's two molds if you want it and he gave me those two molds so then I just started making a lot of them on you know like I think he gave me the ripper which is like a it's a kite tech swim bait three and a half inch kite pretty much and he gave me that one and a beaver and I started making those I started doing crazy stuff I put them on Instagram stuff like that Anyways, the company that makes the molds ended up following me and commenting on my stuff like quite often. So then I would like hit them up and I was like, Hey, you know, is there a way I could get some like unreleased products? You know, I'm willing to pay full price, rada, rada, rada. Yeah. And they're like, how about we do you one better? And I'm going to send you this guy's email, shoot him an email and then the rest is history. And now I have like 10 free Do It molds, a lead pot from Do It, like, you know, all sorts of stuff. I got a jersey, all just crazy stuff. Man, this kind, of, kind of blew up within a year i was like i've only been making baits like a year
0: Jeez, so. that's awesome man i love yeah. i love how social media kind of has changed the game for a lot of hunters and fishermen like just uh-huh. to connect with other people you have no idea existed before that like you and i i mean yeah i would have never known who you were or fished with you or talked to you if it wasn't for social media and so yeah
1: i saw that tiktok post and you're like you want to be on a podcast i was like Shit, i love i i love podcasts that's all yep. i listen to pretty much and I was, like, I was like, hell, I might as well. So yeah. Then, and I saw you had 30,000 on TikTok. I was like, oh, he might see me. We'll see. And then boom. I was like, sheesh, here we go.
0: <laughs> well, I started responding to everybody. And I was like, man, this is cool. Like people are actually interested and they want to be on it. And then all of a sudden I opened my phone up and I've got like 200 comments on it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, what have I done? So I, I literally read through every one of them, like liked every one of them, started commenting on everyone, and then it just kept climbing and climbing. And I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going to read through them. And if they seem like they'd be interesting to be on the show, like great. And you mentioned that you make your own lures and that you're a bass fisherman. And I was like, man, I don't know much about bass fishing. I've done it a lot, but I'm I'm as amateur as they get still. And yeah. so I was like, this would be a good one to pick his brain yeah i like it i was gonna say
1: i'm glad you had me on because again all i i love every, anything and everything fishing i'm all about it man so it's great like i said uh so here here's a question for you uh mr nomadic uh what's your favorite fishing brand like uh like your reels what reels do you throw
0: <laughs> to be honest i don't even know what most oh. of reels are i know that's gonna kill you and kill a lot of people who are serious a lot of
1: listeners right there <laughs>
0: I know I've got a bait caster mm-hmm. at the house, and it's funny because my mother in law is not into i mean, she's never been an outdoorsy person, but she was dating this guy who is an amateur bass fisher. I mean, he had the full decked out boat all glittery and beautiful, okay. and he got her into it, and she had like probably fifteen rods and reels, the yes. full tackle box, I mean, everything. And I mean, it took up literally two totes in her garage and I was helping her clean it out one day. And she's like, I was like, what are you doing with all this stuff? And she's like, oh, you know, I was into fishing for a while. And I was like, no way. I was like, I'm taking this. And so I've got a bunch of her poles and and reels and all the, all the, uh, lures and stuff. And so, I mean, I just kind of pieced some stuff here and there together. I know for the longest time growing up, even I just use Shakespeare, everything because, That's what my dad had. And it was hand-me-down, but I've never gone and bought like a nice rod and reel in my life, but I probably should.
1: Yeah, you should. Quality, Dude, I'm telling you, the quality is immense. It's just so much better when you go like, again, you know, everybody buys like, you know, the $60 lose, $70 lose, stuff like that. But when you break that hundred dollar, $200 price point, just the quality is immense. Like I'm telling, like I'm, it's just stupid.
0: So because you're into it, what what would be your recommendation if I were Shimano, to go and spend Shimano, a-
1: Shimano, Shimano? Okay, everybody, I'm 100 percent sure everybody on this podcast will agree Shimano is king. Like, I mean, okay. people people like lose, you know, that's cool and all. You say like the Pro T I is a good reel, but like I'm a huge Shimano guy for the price point you can get them for. Uh, some of them for, I'll put it that way, and uh, also Daiwa. Daiwa is another. Like it goes, in my opinion, it probably goes. Shimano, Daiwa, like right there, top two. So because okay. like the tattooless CT, the like the Elite stuff like that, those are really good. But I'm still, I love my Shimanos. I got the first one I ever got was just a 150 XG, like the you know it's just a, like it's about a hundred bucks, hundred and ten dollars, and that thing just because I was a big 13 guy, right? And I've had so many problems with 13, like no hate on them, but I had a lot like. I went through like four fate blacks all on warranty because they like you would jig them. And then the school would just backspool on you for some reason. I don't even know, but it was like, you have tension on it and you know, your things clicked up and you would just be jigging. And all of a sudden it would just give out and spin out and you're like bird nest on the spot. And you're like, what the hell's going on? So I went through four fate blacks. I've went through one fate Chrome because the one I, as soon as I bought it, it was broke. I don't even know what the hell's going on there, but I've had that. I still have the fake Chrome and I have a, White 13 right here. Actually, I can grab it for you. It's just sitting right next to me, literally. So, here's my white. Uh, this is the Origin C, I believe, on the right favorite rod. But that's the there's only two 13s that I own, and I'm trying to get them out because I have seven Shimano's. So, Great. yeah, I've got the, my most expensive one. I just picked it up the other day, and it's a 400, $420 reel, just the reel. And it's the Metanium HG. And that, like, like, there's only one more that's more expensive than that. And that's the, I think, the Scorpion or the Antares. I don't remember. It's one of those two. Okay. But, anyways, that thing, I'm telling you, man, it's freaking gorgeous rod. It's beautiful, throws really well. So I have that one. I have the Corrado. I'm sure you've heard of a Corrado. Yep. And then I have a, uh, the freaking, you can hear the kid. What the? Come on now. Oh, I was going to say the SLX DC. I have that one. Um, the Sahara, those, all the boxes are just laying right there. So I can just read them off to you. I have a chaos, I had, you know, and then I have a few more. So like in the 150 XG, like I said, so that's six right there off the top of my head.
0: So if I were to get into like a good rod reel set, how much am I looking at spending like to get, you know, one better than you're just going to go buy at Walmart or whatever? Oh,
1: so I'm a big fan of like, okay, so you know, if I was you and I was going to buy something that, that's a, on a budget. Like, you know, but it's still gonna be a damn good setup for you. Buy the Shimano 150 XG or HG, okay. whatever you want to get. Um, that's a hundred bucks. And then the real choice that or the rod choice that I would choose, I'm a huge fan of the Daiwa, and it's an Air series. They're beautiful, beautiful rods. And uh like the thing is like they're like they're 60 bucks, but I'd get a size heavier than what you usually do. So, like, you know, if you usually throw a medium heavy, I'd get a heavy okay. kind of thing. So I was like, that thing I have a setup. I don't know where it's at right now. It's over there somewhere, but uh, yeah. Actually, I think it's right there. I don't know. I'm not going to get it for you. I'm getting distracted, but um, <laughs> I was going to say it's freaking beautiful. It's like, you know, it's like the black there, but it has like gold carbon inlays in it. It's just, it's like only a $60 rod. And I mean, and it's warrantied. So it's freaking gorgeous. And I broke one, they replaced it at Academy for free and I, yeah, it was awesome. I actually broke the, I cause I had a medium heavy, but it, Felt like a medium, like I said, and I threw a pretty big swim bait on there, and I hooked that six pounder, and that's how I snapped the end of that rod off.
0: So, oh man! Um, well, I'm gonna have to. I'll have to FaceTime with you at some point when I've got my rods and reels all handy, and then yeah. I'll I'll get your advice on it. Maybe them.
1: maybe that can be it. maybe if uh, the listeners actually like listening to, to me, anyways. Maybe we could do it a second time and actually go yeah. through a rod arsenal.
0: No, I like that idea because uh, I've got all kinds of. I mean. I knew what I was doing when I was walleye fishing, you know, my dad taught me how to do it and maybe he didn't even know fully the best way to go about it. But once I got to bass fishing and I went to, I went to the store and I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm like, dude, I don't know what kind of line I need for bass. I don't know what kind of baits they're going to use now or eat. Now I know they'll eat just about anything. Um, But yeah, I'll have to do another podcast where I go and buy something and you can help me fully set it up.
1: Yeah. I was
0: gonna, so I'm going to have, I don't, how many listeners do you have?
1: I was meant to ask you that before we started this thing.
0: You know, just, it's, it's been about, it's been about 400 a week um, that listen go. to it. Yeah. So I started out before my wife did the first TikTok video. Like I wasn't on at all. I think she made an account for me and maybe I had 90 people. Um, or no, I think I had like 20 people on TikTok. And all of a sudden she showed me one day, she's like, Hey, I made this post. And I looked at the account and I had like 17,000 people following me. And I, I was have,
1: like, I only have 6k on TikTok.
0: Oh yeah. I was like, man, this is crazy. So then I, I looked at my podcast cause it was all about the podcast, the posts that she put out. And before I had posted 13 episodes and had a total of 90 people listen. And now I'm at over 6,000 listens and about <laughs> 400 <laughs> That's weekly.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. That kind of inspires me to post my episode. So,
0: oh man, absolutely. <laughs> and it really, like I said, posting on social media about it like that's been the game changer for me oh yeah and so hopefully it continues I'm like man if I could get if I could just get all 30,000 people that follow me on TikTok to listen to my podcast like I'd be getting serious partnerships oh yeah and I mean I'm not in it for the free gear but I'm definitely not going to turn it down
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel that so I'm going to have all 400 of these guys not like me here in a second so You just said something about line, right? Yep. I hate fluorocarbon. All right. Absolutely hate it. All I throw, all I throw, I have one setup with braid, this one. And that's my topwater rod. And the rest of it's monofilament. Okay. 17, 20 pound mono. Because I've had I like the stretchiness of it. I like how like I, I really don't have anything else besides the stretchiness because I've had such terrible luck with fluorocarbon with snapping off and breaking off and all this stuff within the last year and a half of me fishing pretty much damn near every day, I have lost one fish due to a break off. And I've mm-hmm. caught, I caught six before that and I knew I should have retied, and I didn't. Yeah. And that's it. I've only lost one. And that's my thing is like, you know, I get caught, I get caught in a tree and that thing stretches enough and it's most of the time it'll freaking break the branch off or anything like that before it snaps the line the fluorocarbon doesn't stretch it it sinks and it doesn't stretch F- mono floats and it doesn't stretch and I, I i like mono so much more like i don't know how many times i i bought fluoro one time because that's pretty much the only thing that was there back last year when the whole pandemic thing started and you couldn't find fishing anything anywhere yeah so i had to buy i had to buy a freaking fluoro it was like 15 pound and I freaking hated, hated, hated it. Like, you know, losing fish like crazy. I don't know. So I, I swore off. I'll never, I'll, I'll never, ever buy floral again.
0: Nice. Well, that's nice. good to know. Cause I've, I think I've bought all three. I think most of the rods that I have right now have braided on them. Um, I put that on. I don't, I don't even know what my reasoning was for it. I think it's because of the color, I was like, man, a lot of these cattle ponds that I'm fishing, it's just mm-hmm. like green. And I was like, you know, that's going to blend in just fine. They might not see it, but I can't say that I've noticed a difference in fish's like a fish's response to the line that I've had. But like you said, I've had so many uh, bird's nests and snap offs. I get caught see, on. Yeah,
1: stuff. I, I hate that. I like see braid is braid has a purpose. And I like I'm not going to hate on braid because it it is what it is. I was going to say braid, you know, you, when, if you have a bird's nest pretty much your lure's flying off the end mm-hmm. because that thing, I don't know why it does it, but it just snaps off. Like it never just, Oh, like mono, like mono, like I throw, you know, your bird's nest, but your stays there. You're fine. yeah. You know, but braid, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. You have a half ounce, three quarter ounce jig on the end of it. You cast it. It's it nest, your lure is going. So you do like, I hate that. Cause again, that's a jig that I just paid $7 for. And now I, because of this stupid bird's nest it's gone like it pisses me off like or a twenty dollar whopper plopper or a sixty dollar swim bait whatever you guys are throwing yep you have braid on it you guys but you have a chance to lose it
0: (laughs) man i lost one i lost one the other day and it seems like when you tighten it like i mean when you tie it and really tighten it down it always snaps right there at the end and i i noticed that last time i went fishing we went to a new cattle pond where we thought man there's going to be a ton of fish in here but I think it was still a little cold for it and I went to cast and I could see this tree like a limb or something out in the pond and I was like all right there's cover out there I'm going to cast out by that and just swim it back and I cast and I just saw a splash like all the way like probably 20 yards mm-hmm. past it and I'm like there's no way I casted that far and I start reeling and immediately now oh that was my that was my lure so that's sitting at the bottom hopefully not in a fish's mouth
1: yeah so uh what what knot do you tie on your on your line
0: i do a palomar knot on on everything
1: that's a good knot i was like i use a double clinch for the most part so
0: so yeah i like i said i I worked at that camp out there and that pro came in and he said he's done all kinds of like factory testing on knots and like what's the strongest and everything and he he just swore up and down i was like i mean this guy's like a national champion bass fisherman um
1: I'm going to well take listen it to up. him.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I started tying it and I was like, wait a minute. This is this. I didn't know what knot I tied my whole life. My dad just showed me this knot. He's like, you go through the eye, back through the eye, overhand knot, loop your bait through and cinch them down. And I was like, okay, cool. And then this guy's talking about it. And I'm like, dang, my dad must've known what he's talking about. Cause that's the Palomar knot that I've tied my whole life. Yeah. I have a, I have a buddy, right? Well, I say all of my friends are
1: 50, 60 plus. Just yep. saying, they're old, and I, I I get along with them really well, and uh, he fished the Red Man Circuit back in the day, and he fished, like, Lake Fork professional tournaments. He's won, like, $15,000 boat, stuff like that, a truck, all that. Anyways, but he worked with me at Spirit, because he, like, I don't know why he quit doing it, but I think he had kids and stuff that he started taking care of, but um, anyways, we we're that's how we got connected, was talking about fishing, and he taught me literally everything I know, because, like, when I started my YouTube channel, I watched Tactical Bass, and to start. And I was like, I was like, okay, I think I can do that. So I started doing that. And the more and more I did it, the, the more and more I learned this guy just kept shoving shit down my throat. And he was like, you know, and I, I got really, really good. And it's so, because again, I only started my YouTube channel two years ago and the amount of stuff that I've learned and started doing and using is just crazy because I used to use like a freaking purple slingshot rod with an Abu Garcia, black max. And now I have a $400, $420 titanium on like, you know, a $150 rod that's like, you know, it's a, and that's not even the expensive rod, you know? So, but yeah. it's just the, the amount of stuff that I've learned and started using is awesome. I, I, I've put so much time, money, effort, blood, sweat, tears into this stuff. And it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy the hell out of it.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, I I've always viewed fishing as like the bridge between hunting seasons. Cause I grew mm-hmm. up hunting and I loved fishing. Don't get me wrong. But there were a lot of times where we'd go out fishing and not catch anything. And I'm like, man, this is, it's fun to be on the lake, but it's kind of boring at the same time. But so I I always viewed it as just that bridge. It got me from one hunting season to the next. But lately I've really enjoyed getting out. And it's like, even if I'm by myself, I just drive out to this uh, property that I've got access to. It's got a big cattle pond on it and there's all kinds of fish, big ones too. And so I'm like, all right, I need to really figure this out what these fish like, how to fish them right. And so I, that'll lead into another question actually that I want to talk to you about. What uh, weather-wise do you look for when you go out fishing? Is there a specific thing that you know, like they're going to hit today?
1: Yeah. Well, here's my thing. So overcast with a slight drizzle, perfect. Okay. Like, you know, 60 degrees, 70 degree water temps, freaking overcast, slight drizzle. You'll hammer them all day, every day. But like today sunny 65 bluebird skies, and eh, might be a little in between there like i'm just saying dude when it's when it's overcast i'm out there like yeah. you know when it's raining i'm out there because nice. i mean and again like that's when you hit the it's when you hit the golf course ponds too boys so, yeah hey, man, nobody gonna be out there golfing in the rain i'm gonna be out there freaking putting the hammer down on their ponds without them really knowing so <laughs>
0: that's awesome so i mean we uh speaking of golf courses, my, my cousin, he's got access to a golf course up in Wisconsin for waterfowl hunting. Mm -hmm. And this guy's like, man, I hate these geese. They come and they poop on everything. They tear up the fairways. They harass golfers. So he will straight up, give him a golf cart. They load their guns on the back of the golf cart and they'll drive right out to these ponds and get out. And there's geese everywhere. You can actually see a video of it on my Instagram um, of them jumping out of the golf cart, him, my blasting. brother, my cousin, and somebody else. And they're just raining birds out of the sky that just took off when they jumped out and chased after him. But That's I'm awesome. like, man, that'd be perfect. A perfect spot for fishing. And like you said, on a rainy day, it might be mm-hmm. worth stopping and talking to the manager. Like, Hey, nobody's going to be out here fishing. Do you mind if we, or nobody's going to be out here golfing? Do you mind if we come fish?
1: Yeah. yeah. Again, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a person to ask for forgiveness before permission, yeah. So, I mean, in some in some subjects, you know, but, yeah, you know, but if I if I intend on building a relationship with somebody, then you know, I'll ask for permission and you know <laughs> yep. go on that route. But I mean, if again, if it's for a simple video for an hour and a half, I'm just gonna go do it. Like, I mean, yeah, there's no point. <laughs> if they come out.
0: They come out. You talk yeah. to them, you. Say okay. I'll leave. It's true. So,
1: but I was gonna say, uh, seek one. I'm no. I know you know who that is too. Seek one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, like their whole golf course deer extremities like they do that's pretty sweet too i enjoy watching that that's so oh cool. yeah cool man they there's just, a like, lot of cool blood, blood all over hole number nine for the-
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are so many cool like urban stories that i've been hearing mm-hmm. lately just from listening to podcasts of people hunting fishing i mean hunting everything right in the middle of the city and like you said golf courses um like rec centers local parks you know that are open to it a lot of places you can like apply to go in and hunt or fish there and you'll get in a lot of trouble if you don't but um yeah I've I've really gotten to the urban side of things lately
1: yeah I was like uh, or out here it's kind of difficult because there's not really anything urban in Wichita yeah that I know of that I know of like I mean you might see a deer sometimes but it, I don't know there's nothing like Crazy wooded areas out here, or there's not a whole lot of anything out here. Honestly, just flat land and farms, and there ain't <laughs> like here in the middle of Wichita. There ain't like like they have Atlanta where it's all like you know they have like a five acre stretch of wooded area, which is enough for them to mess around in. Out here, we don't have nothing besides flat land, so yeah, they're you know they're not going to just expose themselves all day every day. So
0: yeah, so um back to bass fishing. I want to know. Like when you go out to a pond or to a lake or wherever you're fishing, what do you look for first? And the reason I ask is, again, that pro, everything that I think I know about bass fishing has come from this dude. He's like, he told us on a windy day, go to the side of the lake where the wind is hitting. Correct. he's like, that's just, he's like, when I get out on a lake, that's the first place I go. And I was like, With a spinner bait. Yeah. (laughs) So I was
1: like, I the windy day corner where it's getting blowed into all that stuff. Or sometimes I go to the opposite corner and I will like, you know, so say the wind's blowing what northwest or whatever or northeast. I go to the, the southeast and I'll cast over towards that corner and drag it on the bank there and see if anything will be hitting it up shallower, you know. Oh, okay. Like I don't try to draw I don't go with the current. Sometimes I go against the current, and sometimes that really helps as well. Cause with your spinnerbait against the current should give it more action, more flutter. Yep. And, you know, so it'll look a little better. Plus, it'll be a slower retrieve. So the bass the bass have more time to think about it and to hit it, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I've, I want to, I mean, I've got a canoe. I don't take it out to the farm pond very often. But I've been out there fishing from the shore and realized how many more fish would probably see my bait if I was just out in the water casting into towards you should, shore. You
1: should buy a little cheap $200 pelican and you'd be good to go.
0: Oh man! Well, I've had I had the Ascend uh, FS12T, I think Mm -hmm. it was. But I buy, sell, and trade stuff so much on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist because I've
1: had I've had the uh, frick, What is it? The Lifetime Tamarack 10, like the Angler, the 10 footer. Then I I sold that, traded it, or you know, sold that, and then bought the 12T, like the actual stand up 12T. And then I sold that, and now I bought the old 133X, which is pretty much there's not like it's one of the biggest kayaks you can get so yeah. i have no point in upgrading now because the only thing else you could get is a hobie and the hobies are five grand and I, there's no way in hell i'm spending that on a freaking yep. kayak when i could buy a back a good used bass boat for five grand
0: oh yeah so yeah i've ha- i mean i've gone through gosh probably a dozen kayaks three canoes and then i bought one of those or i traded a guy for one of those pond crawlers Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a mini pontoon with one seat in the middle and oh, then yeah, yeah. on a trolling motor onto it. So I had that for a while. I mean, I've had all kinds of boats and I know I could get another one soon, but the canoe's just more family friendly for me right now. I've got two little ones and we like to float the rivers a lot. So
1: I kind of got some inspiration again from TikTok last night. i seen a guy that was trading up from a fishing hook all the way up to a lake house, whatever. And oh, nice. Like, and he's got he, like he traded from his fishing hook to a bike to like some kind of motorcycle deal, like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then he got, he got like a friggin' like friggin' uh, I think it was like a Ranger or something like that out of it so far. And I was Jeez. like, dude, if I, I was like, I have an SLX DC that I just got, I got it on a trade. I traded it for an Abu Garcia Revo X and an H2O Express rod, which is, I got the Revo X for free. I traded a pair of sunglasses for it. So I was like, heck dude. I was like, I just came out on top. It's a $200 reel just out the gate. And I just came out with it for 20 bucks. Yeah. So I was like, I'm trying to, I was like, maybe I could sh- trade that SLX DC all the way up to a bass boat. That'd be insane.
0: Well, man, for people who, for people who are, you know, wanting to get better hunting and fishing equipment, mm-hmm. like there's nothing like trading. The barter yeah. system, it's amazing. And people are so into it because it's addicting. You know, when you make a good deal or a good trade, like there's something about it. And I tell my wife all the time, if I could just do that full time, I could make so much money. I remember this has nothing to do with fishing but i i got a computer from work it was an old yeah. macbook and they would cycle them out every like three years or whatever so i got a macbook and it didn't have a battery i believe i bought it from my work for like 175 bucks and i posted it online and actually a friend of mine reached out and he's like dude i've got a, a smith and wesson mmp shield 40 cal i'll trade you for the macbook plus i'll throw in 300 bucks and I was like, sweet. So <laughs> yeah, I got that. I'm like, all right, I've already made money. And now I have a pistol out of the deal. So then I turned around and posted the pistol on Arms List. Of course. And this dude hits, or no, I think it was on Facebook, on one of the gun trading sites before Facebook shut it all down. And I posted it. And this dude's like, hey, man, uh, if you throw in an extra 300 bucks, I'll trade you for this four wheeler. And I was like, Okay, I looked up the four wheeler. It was worth probably like twelve hundred bucks. So I was like, dude, I already have the three hundred cash from the previous trade. I'll just trade them straight across. Now I'm one hundred and seventy five bucks into this four wheeler. So I get the four wheeler, sell that the next day for twelve hundred bucks. I bought another four wheeler for eight hundred and sold that for fourteen hundred a week later. And so I'm like, (laughs) dude, I have made so much money on this. And I mean, throughout the course of that, I don't know how many thousands of dollars I made. Hopefully the IRS isn't listening because I mean it was, all, <laughs> it was all in goods and not in anything like traceable. I guess. Can you speak? Can you speak a little louder into the microphone? Please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, my computer is going to get shut down, or some dude's going to knock it's, on the. Loop. It's
1: funny that you say you traded some guns for a four wheeler because I had a Remington 700 that uh, you know 308 or yeah it was a three thirty out six thirty out six, and um I traded that for uh, for two four wheelers for the same for the one gun. And it was a, uh, Frank, it was like a 400 EX um, Honda. And then it was like a, the two stroke that everybody has. I can't remember the life of me what it was, but man, I was like, I sold both of those for, I, I actually, I traded them for a, for a Honda Civic we back in the day and it was freaking, you know, a $4,000 Honda Civic. I was
0: like, oh, yeah. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's something about it. If you wanted yeah. to trade up for a bass boat, I guarantee you could do it, man.
1: I think I can. I just have to find the right, you have to find the right people.
0: Dude, you better make videos of it though. I want to see what you end up with. Cause yeah,
1: I was like, I was like, I might as well. I was like, I don't have a need for it, you know. I really don't. I don't like DC reels. That's a whole nother topic, you know. But it's like, it's a like I, I let the wife use it, and it works really well because you know she got to go out there cast, and she didn't have any problems with bird nesting, and she's never thrown a bait caster in her life. Yeah. So it works really well. It's just I don't want I don't like it because I don't want the computer trying to control where I pitch and flip and you know skip cast underneath. Oh yeah. So, I mean. I don't know. I just, that's just my opinion. But, you know, you guys can hate me for it. It's okay.
0: That's a right. dude. You might get a lot of hate, or you might have a lot of people like, wait, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you catch fish. You've got, actually, let's talk about your YouTube channel. Oh, boy. I know you've got uh, fatbasses.tv. Yep. Is that right? Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep with a ph (laughs) yeah because i'm bougie
0: (laughs) because you're bougie you're so extra dude i can already tell with your camo and your bow in the background
1: yeah 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 i was like well that's just been that's literally been hanging there since last season so yeah i was like it it is what it is but so (laughs) oh like i said i started two years ago you know and it's taken me two years to get to i'm actually at 1795 right now with subscriber count i'm almost at the 1800 mark nice so but the you know obviously the goal is a couple more thousand than that. So, but I I dude I try to put out the best quality uh, videos I can. Like I guess I've dumped a lot a lot of money into into camera equipment. Like you're right now you're sitting on the MacBook Pro. I have an actual HP desktop. You know all that stuff. Like yep. I've got freaking A six thousand here, a GoPro Hero nine, a GoPro Hero seven, a Mavic Mini. That's a drone. You know I have a lot of lot of time and money into this thing. So I'm trying to go big if I just have to find the people to, to help me get there, <laughs> you
0: yeah. know, well, man, hopefully a bunch of people hear this and go check out your website and subscribe or yeah. Your, yeah. Your 30, all
1: 30,000, all 30,000,
0: all 30,000. That would be amazing. I want all 30,000 just to listen to my podcast. That's, That's my, what
1: I'm saying. Yeah. All 30,000 listen to your podcast and come help me out too.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'll be posting about this on my TikTok. You know, I'll do a screenshot and maybe a, maybe a short video with your most, um, offensive things that you've said <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah there we go
0: yeah i'll talk i'll talk all about those things that are going to piss all the bass fishermen off
1: five you know, reasons why googan sucks yeah there we go. that'll get everybody fired up
0: yeah for real <laughs> well actually i've got a guy coming on the show and i don't know if you've seen any of his, his stuff his name's hunter cleaver mm-hmm. um you've got to go check him out on tiktok because he messaged me like you did and was just like his whole comment was i'm not gonna lie i'm just kind of average at all hunting and i was like <laughs> that's kind of funny and he's like and actually according to um auburn i'm a wildlife biologist and i was like dude i gotta check this guy out that's like, kind of cool yeah who says that in order to get on a podcast like it was just kind of a weird thing and so i go and i look at his youtube or his uh, tiktok account and i was dying dude i was sweating i was laughing so hard watching his videos and all of his stuff is just to mess with people like oh, yeah one of the things he said he's like all right the top three fish to eat the tastiest fish in the world starting with number three catfish number two crappie number one largemouth bass follow for more <laughs> and like the whole thing was all about it and uh so yeah i, I follow go. a guy
1: like that he's from oklahoma his name's ethan i don't i don't know his last name but dude i'm telling you that's all he's a troll account that's all he is is a troll yep. and it's and it's so funny just because you know where to get the biggest deer the neighbor's property
0: at night <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly what this guy says man he ta- i mean he trash talks every type of fire like all the most popular brands like six five creed he talks about how those don't have any stopping power they don't fly fast they bounce right off of deer um he taught he trash talks bass fishermen. He's like, bass fishing isn't a sport. Ping pong's a sport. Yeah. And like, <laughs> the whole thing is just to get people ruffled up and
1: stir the pot a little bit. Yeah. He's like another one of the Ethan guy talks crap on bows. You know, he's like, it's like, you know, if you shoot a PSE, you probably kill some big deer. You shoot a Bow you're a pretty cool guy. If you shoot a Matthew, you probably like winnie in the butt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. With my Matthews hat. Yeah,
1: with your Matthews hat. Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't shoot a Matthew, I shoot a BoTech, but my last name is Matthews, and I'm also from Wisconsin. So I'm like, man, I just feel wrap. like I should be repping it. <laughs> Especially because we both only have one T in the name. Not many of us have that. So I it keep crossing crack, my dude. fingers, hoping somebody reaches out and they're like, Hey, you're actually my cousin and I'm the owner of Matthews, but I don't think it's gonna happen. <sighs> maybe maybe if all thirty thousand of you would actually get on here, maybe. He yeah. would get- i'll just i'll do 23 and me and hope that chris
1: b is don't you what's that you know who chris b is yeah 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 yeah. i was gonna say like he has a big sponsorship like that i was like if you do you keep growing on the path you're growing you you might end up up there buddy
0: i hope so man if so i'm gonna if so i'm gonna take you out fishing wherever you want to go man
1: lake fork baby let's go up in the creek dude
0: um what speaking of uh where you want to go fishing where where all of you fish is it mainly kansas or do you take
1: yeah mainly kansas i don't really travel a whole lot like you know i'll go i'm in you know club tournaments and stuff like that in my bass or not my bass boat geez, my uh, ca- my kayak here we have a local we have actually there's four or five groups in kansas that uh that you know do kayak fishing and uh we all meet up and stuff like that like for tournaments and stuff so it's a lot of fun but we actually have one the 15th on wilson but it's a national qualifier. So there's going to be like 500 something boats there probably. And you bet I'm not paying a hundred bucks just to get it stolen from me. I ain't, I'm good, but I ain't that good. And I don't care enough to lose a hundred bucks plus my four hours up there. I ain't doing that. So yeah.
0: Dang. <laughs> if if it was a lake that you fish like all the time, you mm-hmm. think you'd jump in on it?
1: Oh, probably. Yeah. But I don't. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to risk it. Like a couple of my buddies like, Oh, come on, quit being a puss. And no, 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 no. I ain't playing that game, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm already going to be losing money driving up there, plus the food, plus all that, and then losing a hundred bucks on top of that. No thanks. No. So I'm going to a catfish tournament in, on John Redmond in uh in Burlington, Kansas, uh, the 15th instead. Nice. But then we're going to be out your way actually, uh, the 29th.
0: Oh dang, man! I wish I was around. We're uh, we'll be in Colorado, the 25th through like the 29th, and then in Utah after that. We. The nice thing is I know you were like, oh man, you take all these trips and stuff and you've done all this. Like me and my wife, we don't make a lot of money. We never have, but we like to travel and we've always had jobs that have allowed us to do that. And so like right now we renovate campers full time and I'm actually going to start soon making hunting and fishing campers, like just decked out for, you know, if people want to go on a fishing trip or on a Western big game hunt, like they're going to be tricked out so that. They've got everything they need right there in the camper. Um,
1: Maybe I need need to hit you up whenever I get a couple hundred thousand subs and you can build me one. There you go. That's something I want to get into. I like like the, like the tiny homes and living out of a truck kind of thing, you know, just simple off-grid kind of thing. That's what I like.
0: Yeah. We lived, we lived out of our camper for a couple months. Uh, We bought one in Colorado, moved back to Springfield and we lived out of it for like six or nine months or something like that. And then we sold it and made, decent money on it and i was like man we need to do this for a living i can work from you know home or that right now we've got them parked at my buddy's property but i'm like dude i could do this all the time and then i started thinking about it and i'm like i don't think anybody makes specific hunting campers you know like they might have a custom one done but
1: lfg lake fork guy on youtube he just bought one the other day and i don't remember who it is but the waiting list is freaking immense oh yeah so i was like there's a huge market gap to be filled there and if you can get in it then you can get in it dude like, oh, yeah. i can't remember because he said he waited like eight months or something like that for it or some you know something crazy oh yeah But i, I forget it's like an awk it starts with an O. I know that i forget okay. what the actual name of the camper is but it's pretty freaking cool
0: so yeah yeah my goal is to i mean it's gonna have rifle racks gun holders i want to try to see if i can get decked the truck bed company to do like under storage compartments so that you can like have your bow in like a foam deal in the under storage get it out nicely get like scent lock stuff i mean you know trick it out for the people who have the kind of money to pay for it that they're going to be like man i don't need to buy anything like it's got everything right here but have like a cleaning station for you know a deer or fish or whatever have a fryer in there yeah that's
1: what that's what uh lfg has like he's his slides out from the back right behind the rear axle there his slides out there and it has like the the cooktop there plus it has the old uh like your prepare like your prepping station whatever you want to call it yeah and, you know it's got it's got pretty cool stuff so i mean again if you haven't seen it go look it up it might give you some inspiration and some yeah i'm some gonna ideas. check
0: that out yeah i've got i've got a bunch of thoughts on how to do it but i'll have to check him out and maybe rip some of his ideas off <laughs>
1: Yeah. I was like, there's only, there's only a few Googans I can stand and he's one of them. So (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, dude, it's been awesome talking. Um, I know we're coming up on time here in a little bit, but if people want to check you out, uh, on social media, what are your handles on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube?
1: Same thing all the way around P H A T B A S S E S dot TV.
0: Nice. So yeah, I I definitely recommend anybody go check him out. Check out his YouTube videos cuz like he said he's got great camera camera equipment. He obviously knows what he's talking about. Unless you're one of the people who disagrees with him, then just forget everything I just yeah. said.
1: Or or you can come over and comment, "Hey, that's cool too." Comments yeah. or comment. Comments or comments. Algorithm loves it, so.
0: Oh yeah, comment, hit the like button, even if you yeah, why don't you do that? Just say as many um controversial things on your instagram or on your tiktok and then just start a a comment war or a meme war i might have to might have to that's a good idea i I haven't posted anything
1: on tiktok in a long time and again like my tiktok deal like the highest the highest viewed video i have is 258 thousand views and it was me painting a geo tracker with a roller brush and tractor paint (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) it was stupid like it's just my neighbor was over here he's like make go quality and then like wiped it up like that and that was the end of the video and that was two hundred fifty eight thousand views it's like what the hell's going
0: on isn't that crazy i mean it's just it's wild the things that go off on on your tiktok or on your instagram
1: yeah like you can make something freaking like i said i put a lot of time and effort into editing and making this cool stuff for like a tiktok or youtube or instagram and then it's the stupid bs reels that freaking blow up and you're like Okay, this is stupid. I'm not
0: <laughs> Well man, if you're trying to get more followers on TikTok, one thing I've discovered is go live every day. Even if I was like I
1: don't even like I don't really I go live on YouTube because YouTube will pay me and like TikTok yeah. has a creator fund. But I don't know. It's just I'm not a not a huge TikTok guy. Yeah, just who I
0: am, I guess. (laughs) Dude, I never was. And then my wife, I mean, she she kind of took off. I think she's at like fifty thousand followers or something on TikTok. Jeez. And she's like, Hey, you need to do one of these since you're doing a podcast. If nothing else, maybe it'll get more people to listen to it. I was like, Sure, whatever. So she started coming up with all these videos for me to do, and it's really taken off. But um, she's figured out the algorithm. Like you post three times a day you post at certain times of the day. And she's like, if you go live, no matter how stupid it is, just go live because they automatically push people your way. And so like, I'll go live this morning. I went live feeding the pigs. Like we've got a bunch of pigs at our place. I was feeding pigs and feeding chickens and that's all I was doing. And I get off and by probably 20 minutes after that, I had 200 more followers and I was like, this is insane. So there's a little tip for anybody listening who likes tiktok and i mean give it a try and see what happens it's crazy
1: might have to i don't really i don't know i don't do a whole hell of a lot i mean i go live on youtube or instagram while i'm fishing or making baits but you know i guess i could probably do it because i go live on youtube on my computer live on instagram on my phone and i have a second phone i could probably go live on tiktok my deal is though it's hard to you know you got three different out three different platforms three different Sets of people commenting, and you're trying to get to all three of them, and then you end up focusing on one of them. Usually, it's Instagram. Yeah, so, it's hard. It's a little difficult. But oh yeah, yeah. It is what it is.
0: That, that's my problem. I'm like, my first thought is not any of this stuff. You know, like I like to hunt. I like to fish. I like to be outside. And my wife's always like, "Did you take pictures? Did you take videos? Did you like go live?" And I'm like, "No, I was turkey hunting. I didn't go live." And she's like, "You need to go live." And I'm like, "Oh." She just needs to be my producer, but she's on the
1: grind. She's on the grind, dude. You got to respect that. She's that's a good woman.
0: She's crushing it. I mean, it's insane. The amount of free stuff and deals that we get because of her. Unfortunately, none of it's been hunting equipment yet or fishing equipment, but hopefully soon, hopefully, but well, dude, it's been awesome talking to you and we definitely need to connect and get together and do some fishing sometime or hunting. Um, I love all of the above and I definitely could learn a lot from you as far as fishing goes. Cause like
1: I said, my parents live right down the street from you. I'm sure it's a, it's a two and a half hour drive from me. I'm sure it's probably about two hours from you.
0: Nice. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll try to set something up and go up there and catch some fish or maybe this yeah. fall I'll do some hunting too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like my, again, my parents own a vacation property in Arkansas, so they got black bear on it and that's kind of what I'm banking on getting a non-resident for black bear would be freaking insane.
0: That would be sweet. Here in Missouri, actually this year, they're op- well, I don't know if they're still doing it or not based on the population study, but they're talking about opening the first black bear season here in like fifty years or something like that. So Get on it,
1: dude.
0: fingers crossed. I applied for Elk last year. They opened Elk season last year, but only gave out five tags. Oh, what <laughs> so, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> all all five of them got filled with a bull, but I did not draw one. So
1: Missouri, get on your game dude
0: <laughs> just just uh cater it to people named dan or people who have an outdoor podcast and maybe my odds will go up
1: yeah i was gonna say old. uh you know that's kind of the that's kind of the crappy thing about sorry i'm dragging this out i know stop hey
0: i don't i've got another one at two that i'm recording but
1: well i mean after this i think we can stop i think it's stupid how kansas makes a uh, non-resident hunters draw as well yeah so you have to draw a buck tag yeah, you know, I think that's kind of stupid. So. Well, and it
0: sounds like it's the most yeah. you could really go is like every other year in order to draw one. Like if you're lucky, you get one every other year.
1: And rifle season, put it somewhere else besides the freaking one week in December. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, it's only like a week maybe a week and a half long in December. Yeah. Like it's like, come on, man.
0: Like, I mean, that, that's, that's the-
1: what makes me mad cuz I was like I mean, again, I went bow hunting all year. I was on the but like you know the in-laws property and they told me they're like hey we don't want you to shoot any does yet you know because it was early in the season yeah like, we're gonna see if we can get some big bucks around here and obviously i showed you a picture we did but, but um i i got there f- first two days i was out there friggin' dope five f- five ten yards from me it's both days and i'm just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and but then i hunted all season all sorts of wee haw stuff like that and uh could never get nothing on there and then again i go to my family's friend's place and again within an hour and a half you just sit there that's what i hate about rifle hunting there's no sport in it you sit there drink coffee bs in a blind and then all of a sudden oh there's a deer 100 yards away okay cool and you're done oh yeah you know there's no sport in that anyways you guys can hate me for that too
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's all right back to that guy that i told you to check out on tiktok one of his Mm -hmm. videos that i watched recently it was um the top three hardest animals to hunt uh number three mule deer number two elk number one high fence white tail deer and then he goes he goes public land hunters are trash and that was the whole video i was like man this is it's just so good well dude i
1: I could one up him you know white mule deer white tail deer cougars yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) My wife's going to come out here and pimp slap the piss out
0: of me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we, uh, um, I want to, I want to bring something back. I haven't done this with any of my guests recently, but I used to have a deal at the end that I call emptying the chamber. And it's just any final thought that you have. You, it could be a joke. It could be a piece of advice. It could be something stupid. Um, something to leave the listeners with. Get laid, get paid. There you go. You heard it. You're first. He's dude. like, and editing that out. <laughs> yeah. No, it's saying I hardly do any edits on these things, man. They, just, oh, man. they just roll. People like it or they don't. Yeah, that's funny. Well, dude, I appreciate you being on the show. Um And until next time, man, we'll do another podcast, hopefully after we catch some big bass.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: And that is going to wrap up today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. I definitely had a good time sitting down and chatting with Joel. And I hope to put the tips and tactics to use tomorrow, actually, when I head out to a farm pond that I used to live near. I'm going to do a combination coyote coyote hunt and bass fishing morning. So I'll probably coyote hunt to start for maybe an hour or so, and then I'm going to jump in to trying to catch some big old bass. So I got a bunch of lures, and we'll see how tomorrow goes. It's supposed to be overcast and possibly a little bit rainy, and so it might be great for uh, catching some fish. So we'll see Um, what I can make happen. But until next time, always choose adventure and God bless. I hope you guys find a lot of success in the outdoors.